Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday morning with us here, hopefully each and every week. Or if you're listening to the podcast, well, thank you for spending part of your life with us whenever it is that you're listening. My name is Troy Skinner. I've been hosting the show for quite a long time now, but I'm only 17 years old. I don't know how I do it. Um, but I'm a trans age. You identify <laughs> trans, as a younger That's age. right. I identify as whatever age I want. And I'm the pastor of Household of Faith in Christ and have a website, householdoffaithinchrist.com. And that voice you just heard chiming in is Daniel Razvi. And you're also going to be hearing the voice of Imran Razvi, known as Raz as well. They have a church in Thurmont, the church that meets at Imran's house, and a ministry, Conquered by Love Ministries, online at conqueredbylove.org. So we've been working our way through the statement on uh, social justice and the gospel. It came out in 2018. This is our fourth and final episode on this particular subject matter. And um, we might actually dive into some other waters as well before this is out, because we've only got one um, article left, Article 14, um, which they've unfortunately called racism. (laughs) It's just, why do we do this to ourselves? Why did they have to call it racism? But anyway, I mean, I I understand they want to be understood by the world, but I'd rather the world understand us, (laughs) like based on reality. Right. Racism doesn't isn't a thing because there's one race. Yeah. Unless you want to get into spiritual things, where you know the Apostle Peter tells us in the New Testament that we are a uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and so right. there's this, this race of Christians. Racism, but that's a spiritual race. According to the Bible, racism would be uh, viewing humans versus other races, which would be possibly demons or angels or animals or something else that's not human. Yeah I, yeah, I guess we want to get into that. And there was transhumanism, right? We talked about this uh, last week or the week before. So anyway, so we've got this one uh, thing left, and it's a chunky one, but we've, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff already. So we'll see how much fodder there is for discussion. Uh, I'll read the uh, affirmation, and then, okay. Daniel, if you would read the denial. We affirm that racism is a sin rooted in pride and malice, which must be condemned and renounced by all who would honor the image of God in all people. Such racial sin can subtly or overtly manifest itself as racial animosity or racial vainglory. Such sinful prejudice or partiality falls short of God's revealed will and violates the royal law of love. We affirm that virtually all cultures, including our own, at times contain laws and systems that foster racist attitudes and policies. We deny that treating people with sinful partiality or prejudice is consistent with biblical Christianity. We deny that only those in positions of power are capable of racism, or that individuals of any particular ethnic groups are incapable of racism. We deny that systemic racism is in any way compatible with the core principles of historic evangelical convictions. We deny that the Bible can be legitimately used to foster or justify partiality, prejudice, or contempt toward other ethnicities. We deny that the contemporary evangelical movement has any deliberate agenda to elevate one ethnic group and subjugate another. And we emphatically deny that lectures on social issues or activism aimed at reshaping the wider culture are as vital to the life and health of the church as the preaching of the gospel and the exposition of scripture. Historically, such things tend to become distractions that inevitably inevitably leads to departures from the gospel. So interesting, they did not, uh, they wanted to keep it to the subject matter of Bible, and they didn't want to discuss American culture, whether American culture is systemically racist, which is one of the root uh, uh, core tenets of critical race theory. Yeah, that's one of the problems with the uh, the critical race theorists, though, is it's so America-centric. Their 
whole concept of how to interpret and apply the Bible, it doesn't even work in America. But if it was going to work anywhere, it, there's whole system of thought only works in America. You can't take it to Nigeria and have it make any sense. You can't take it to Korea and have it make any sense because well, they don't. It doesn't make sense here either. So, but but they can't. They don't even have like the beginnings of a shot at making sense because it doesn't. It doesn't fit. Right. Right. Because they don't have the 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 diversity of skin tones in other parts of the world uh, as like we do here. It's just, so maybe it, only America is racist. And they don't have the history that we have for all of this. You know, I was shaking my head as I read the affirmation. It's as though two different people wrote this. We just got done last week. I think it was reading section, yeah, it was last week, section 12, and they say in uh, the ethnicity one, race is not a biblical category, but rather a social construct. And then in this final one, they use the word race and racism like like Pez dispenser candy. It's like right. they can't get enough of it. Like, stop saying race and racism. It's a social construct. You said so yourself. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does look like two different people wrote this. Oh, my gosh. So... Let's talk broadly about the issues uh, uh, on this, because we have talked about, about all of this, generally speaking. But the, the social justice thing, the quote-unquote racism uh, question, um, this is saying that they admit that there can be systemic issues, right? They're not saying there's never been systemic issues ever in the world. Okay, and we in should fact, it says that. that all cultures have at one time had problems with this. And, and in I'm, the, not, I'm not sure if I would necessarily agree with that. Um, but, you know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I can think of an exception to the rule, but there might, there might be one. But anyway. And also, there is a, there is a uh, elephant in the room that, you know, I think may be worth bringing up that they're saying all cultures at times that contain laws and systems that foster racist attitudes and policies, the idea of racism and how they're defining it here as one um, group of, of ethnic background is superior in some way to another one. Um, people will bring up an example in modern uh, culture, which you may be able to easily d uh, dismiss, but I mean, they're like, oh, well, certain people are predisposed to be in the NBA because they're taller, and I will never be in the NBA because I'm 5'4". Well, there was one guy, but, you know, he's the exception. Um, Sud Webb. Yeah, uh, Muggsy <laughs> Bogues was 5'4", uh, oh, okay. uh, uh, and he, anyway, he could dunk, which was amazing. But... As a generally speaking, certain people are predisposed to be in uh, a certain physical attributes do have privileges that they may be bestow. Um, but then aside from that, looking historically, you have a group of people that God called and made his own, the Jewish people, that historically and in biblical context, of course, and we can argue and disagree on how much relevance that maintains today or will maintain in the future. But at least historically, there were they were people set apart and given special privileges and rights. And Christ even said that when he came, I'm not going to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. He, I came to the Jew. Then the Jews rejected him. And, 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 and there's a whole uh, gospel and, and doctrine about Gentiles and, and, and all that. But there is no denying the fact that in, in the Bible, the Jews are a set apart people that are given a whole bunch of special privileges that no one else gets. And that's on account of their, uh, if you want to say race, it, with the way it's defined in modern American culture, but their family group, their his, their their ethnicity, it's it it comes from that. God chose Abraham specifically to grant all these things to, and 
they've maintained, and one could argue that the Jewish people have always maintained some kind of a special, uh, you know, they're always prosperous. Those promises made to Abraham have been letting them be prosperous even even today in many ways um, uh, in a worldly fashion, right? Not necessarily, they're not going to go to heaven because they're Jewish, right? They have to be saved. But how do you jive that with the idea that it's not possible for any one ethnic group to be in any way superior to another? Yeah, well, they they have spiritual blessings on them because they're God's chosen, and you know the spiritual blessings uh, in, in a post cross uh, context, you know, fall to those who are followers of Jesus Christ, and so. Right. Um, but God granted Abraham uh, physical blessings as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think some of those are still following many people of of that uh, uh, ethnic group, not to denigrate in any way, but actually to. Yeah, although the, God's you know, the struggling paycheck to paycheck, you know, day to day, barely uh, you know, hand to mouth, barely making it by a Jewish ethnic person would wonder, hey, what about me? That's true. Because <laughs> well, they, exi- they They've exist had hardships. Well. They've had hardships, too. I mean, God said they're going to punish them and have them go through hardships. That's true. But if you look at it, there's more <coughs> Jews that had Nobel Peace Prize winners than any other family group, if you would say. Not because the system is rigged and Jews are running everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying God has blessed the Jewish people. But regardless of that, even in the historical context, like take it back to his historical context, there was a a system that God set up where he elevated an ethnic group above others. And so that's the question. How do you shift now and say, well, that's always a bad thing. I don't think you can really say that. Maybe that's the exception to the rule, and the general rule is no, and, I, and I'll agree with that. The general rule is no. There's no one ethnicity that's superior or, or should be elevated above another, um, just as virtue of their ethnicity. Um, but, you know, it's certainly has, has happened in the past, in that one example. Yeah, and that group, and we had, this is getting into some area that we've kind of touched on before. We haven't done a real, I don't think we've done a series of shows on it yet, but uh, that group of people, I argue, still exists, and so do you, but we argue that a little bit differently. I say it still exists, and those who aren't uh, from the um, biological bloodline of Abraham are, are grafted into those blessings and are part of that group now. Yes, I so, believe in Christian privilege. So that, so yeah, at, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, then you don't understand the gospel. What a right. great privilege it is to to have him as our as our savior and our king, right? That he that he mm-hmm. chose us and called him to, called us to himself. Yep. So, but the the systemic racism thing, because these are things that will come up in a practical sense. You're talking to people about politics and the cultural things and you know redlining that actually happened and it was maybe. Maybe there were some legitimate reasons why that would have happened fi- for financial protection reasons. Who knows? But there's also a lot of prejudice and, and bad reasons that that sort of thing happened. I, I have no reason to doubt that at all. And there were the Jim Crow laws. And, and the colored restrooms and, right. and, and yeah, watering fountains. All that. And so, fountains. so that, unless you're going to deny history, you know, and some people probably do, uh, I would say that's true. Those bad things happened. But they happened a while ago. I mean, redlining... That's at least what fifty years ago, probably, something like that. For those who don't know what redlining is, want to explain that? So they um, there were certain areas that they didn't want particular types of people moving into, and so they they demarked the the property lines that were okay for certain people to to, to buy and other and they and they used I guess a red marker, a red line to delineate. And so if you weren't a particular kind of person, you couldn't buy property. You know. Uh, inside or outside of the the red line or whatever. Right. Now the those who want to say it wasn't 
about skin color, say it was about financial means, ability to, to pay your mortgage or whatever. Um, okay, there might have been some of that. I think that's probably true. But I grew up, Daniel's a little younger, so he might not have the exact same life experiences, uh, cultural, societal uh, era mm -hmm. experience. But I grew up in mm -hmm. the 60s and 70s, as the, wor as the world uses the term, they were racist. Was definitely. And Clearly. My dad came to the U.S. in 73, and he was an uh, electrical engineer, a master's degree from Oxford, England. And so he came to you know, try to find a job, and this was in New York. New York was in the north, you know, not so racist, right? But he would get plenty of interviews. There was positions available for management and and chemical engineering because that's what his background was. But once he got there for the interview, they would automatically, every one of them, say, oh, oh that position's been filled. And again, it would still be advertising them in the paper the next day, but he was not able to get it because his skin color was brown. So there was definitely racism there. Yeah, you have people that go into rent an apartment. And the uh, the person who owns the building is kind of hiding out to see who's going to pull up. And if the person driving the car pulls up has darker skin, they they hide in the bushes, like they're not going to take the meeting. And then and then a, a white couple pulls up in a car. That that happened. But it happens. And this isn't me making an excuse for whites uh, being prejudiced against blacks. But it happens in the reverse too. And I've, I've shared this story years ago on the Faith Debate, so if you're a long-time listener, you've, you've heard an aspect of this story before. When I was a little kid, and I lived in the Chicago area, and I lived in some rough parts. <laughs> and um, and my mom was, you know, you hear the stories about black parents telling their, their kids, now if you ever get pulled by, pulled over by police, you put both hands in the wheel, and it's yes, sir, and they, they give them the whole speech of how to keep yourself safe when you're pulled over by the police, right? This is something we've all heard about. My mom gave me a version of that story, telling me, see that bridge over there? You don't go on the other side of it. <laughs> you stay on this side. And the reason was the other, because lots of gangs and stuff in Chicago, and, you know, the, the, the gangs a lot of times are, are based on skin tone and those sorts of things. Not only that, but that's certainly part of it. And there's a black neighborhood on the other side of the bridge and the white neighborhood, uh, like Irish kind of gangs on the other side, the side that we lived on, and you didn't cross that bridge. And there was a time when we're driving, and you could drive through that. You just didn't, as a kid, you didn't take your bike or travel to that part. But we're driving and uh, we're stopped at a, at a street light. And all of a sudden there's these kids beating the snot out of another kid, like maybe 12, 13, 14 years old, something like that. Just beating him, beating him, beating him. And I thought they were going to steal his bike. And that, that, that's what they were beating him to steal his bike. And when they're done beating him, they left. They didn't take his bike. Uh, and then the, the light changed. So we're sitting at a stoplight while this is happening, and the light changed, and the kids they, they were beating the kid. They just left. And I said, why, why were they doing that? I thought they were going to steal his bike, and they didn't take his bike. I don't understand. What did I just see? And she said, remember what I told you about not going on the other side of the bridge? That's why. That boy was the wrong color. And the boy who was beaten to a pulp was white, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it can happen both ways um, because we're sinners. We're all sinners. We're all prone to doing violent things or un, un, unhealthy, unhelpful uh, things where we're, we're denying the humanity of someone and, else. And there are, there are people today that are racist in, in, the, in, the, in the definition that the Absolutely. world uses. Uh, I've, I've seen them. I've met them. I've, I've heard them. Not just, uh, you know, many conservatives will say, uh, just on the one side or the other, but no, there are both uh, both sides. Um, various different cultures that are uh, that are racist to each other. But there is a difference between that and also saying 
systemic racism, meaning the laws of the country foster this, and that currently is the way it is today. And I will say, no, it's not the way it is today, unless, except to the extent it may be um, the opposite of what the left would like you to see. And these things aren't just skin color. I mean, look at what happened for years and years and years in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Irish people blowing up Irish people. Because some were Protestants, some were Catholics, apparently, or something, right? I mean, that, that has nothing to do well, with the, skin the whole Watusi Hutu and Tutsi. Hutu and Tutsi in, in, in uh, Africa. They had the, the, the big war, and there were Shaping how the many, many millions of people dead, I, I think, yeah. based on whether the nose was fatter or thinner. Is that the Hotel Rwanda movie was about that, maybe? Rwanda, yeah. Yeah, there's a movie but, I think called Hotel Rwanda. I think it's. It, they were all the same skin color, yeah. but they hated each other because of the nose shape. Right, so we'll find it in a in a, yeah. in, a, in, a in a world where everyone is the same color. You're going to find something else to hate about somebody. Yeah. That's human nature, and that doesn't mean it's right. It's, it's fallen human, human nature. nature. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's our present human nature. Yeah, and speaking of which, and fighting, finding something to get disagreeable about. Uh, we we've just now spent three and a half shows talking about the social justice and the gospel statement came out a few years back, back 2018. So this year, earlier this year, the um, another statement came out. The Statement on Christian Nationalism and the Gospel. Now, we're not going to talk about the statement right now. That's not the point. The, the reason I'm bringing this up is the people that were fighting on what would be our side, what I would argue is the biblical side of the social justice question, um, there's, they've formed camps among themselves that are fighting with themselves. Because now this Christian nationalism thing is... I don't know if you pay attention to social media and stuff like I do, but it's it's it gets nasty and there's meme wars and they're tearing each other down. And it's horrible. And one of the things that they decided to pick on each other on is the people that put out the statement on Christian nationalism and the gospel used the same font for the logo and for the apparently the style and the presentation of the statement when it first came out that the social justice and the gospel people used. I am thinking that they did that as an homage, right? We like this statement. We like the people who are behind it. We're pretty much in agreement with all of that, and so we're trying to draft behind that and show that we're in alignment with this. But the but people said, no, you can't use our font because some people who were involved with the social justice and the gospel statement don't agree with what's going on with the Christian nationalism and the gospel statement. So they ended up changing it, but they were fighting over something silly like that. And here's the thing I've been noticing, something I've been talking about a lot, not on the show, but in life. When the gospel's at stake, you fight hard. And tone is always nice, but tone isn't always the most important thing. When the gospel is at stake, tone is a secondary issue. Right. But when the gospel's not at stake, Christian brothers should speak to one another as Christian brothers. <laughs> tone matters a lot more. I should be gentle and kind and self-controlled when I'm dealing with And with all you. the petty things to argue about, the font? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. They're, I mean, that became kind of emblematic of what the real issue is. I mean, we talked about the Christian nationalism issue on the show not too long ago, yeah. right? Uh, Daniel did and uh, Elijah, I think and Elijah did. Yeah, we, so it wasn't our regular panel, but uh, we had a really spirited debate about these kinds of issues. And Christians can have spirited debates about these. We can, we can be iron sharpening <clears throat> iron. We can, we can attack somebody's argument and do so forthrightly and, and, and run the risk of offending. It's okay to run the risk of offending. It's even okay to offend on occasion if the if what's offensive is your argument is offending their argument, 
But when it starts to become personal, or if you do cross the line accidentally and somebody does take offense, say, hey, I don't like how you just made your point there. That felt a little personal. You back off it. You know what? I didn't mean it as a personal. I got a little caught up in the moment. I apologize. Please forgive me. And we can then move forward from there. That's what should be happening with the Christian nationalism debate and in social media at least and in other places too. That's not what's happening. They're, they're throwing pies to each other's face. They're diminishing mm -hmm. each other. And I'm like, are you saying that they are not a Christian? Because you're treating them like they're a heretic. You're treating them like you're a danger to the sheep, that they're wolves in sheep's clothing. That's how you're treating them. So you and if was, that's not what you're saying, then stop treating them that right. way. I mean, it's in the same vein. I mean, you, you would say this is font appropriation, right? <laughs> I, I'm so sick of cultural appropriation because to me, as growing up, I wanted to play cowboy. I wanted to play an Indian. It was, it was not I was appropriating their culture. I was enjoying that difference. And now it's such a terrible thing. You can't even wear a different culture's shirt, a Japanese shirt or, or, or anything like that because right. you're cultural appropriation. And this whole thing about these cornrows that, <clears throat> that these black people saying white people can't have that. But you know what? It started in, in, uh, in the Nordic countries. That's where the cornrows started. It didn't start in Africa. But who cares where it started? It doesn't matter. If you like it, wear it. <laughs> it's not cultural appropriation. It's because you enjoy it. You like the look of it. Isn't that greatly ironic, though, because those of it advocate uh, that argument that you're pushing back against are the same people who are advocating that women can, can appropriate the culture of a man, and a man can appropriate the culture of a woman, and a mm -hmm. human can appropriate the culture of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? There's, they're right. so inconsistent. It's crazy. Yep. But you can't appropriate the different age. Age is sacrament. I mean, they've, they've, there's many people that have asked um, all these liberal, crazy people about this. So no, 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 you can't change your age. You can change your sex. You can change your gender. You can change you know all those things, but you can't change your age. Or your race. Or your, yeah, or your race. Your species. Yeah. You can change your species. species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not your race, not your skin color. Not your skin change color, your species, not your but not your skin color. Those two things, skin color and age, you can't change, but everything else you can change. Yeah, well, I, it's just not consistent. I want to say, you know, not, not that I want to be sky is falling and all that, but if you're paying any attention at all, this sort of stuff is nonsense. It's a distraction. We need to focus on what the gospel is, what the Bible actually teaches, and uh, we need to demonstrate that in the way we live our lives and not get caught up in all this stuff. And we've got to get engaged because we haven't been, as a culture, generally speaking, there have been people engaged, but large swaths of us have not been. And because of that, the schools, the public, the government-run schools have become indoctrination, indoctrination centers for really satanic practices, if yes, you ask me. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and, they're, and they're telling parents that if they don't affirm what their child's identity is, they might lose their kids. Well, you know, that it's not going to end. And it's going to get worse. You think, how could it get worse? Right now, they're trying to um, do physical harm to your children by having them chop up their bodies. The next thing is they're gonna be having their, your, their children, oh, you're depressed, why don't you just be euthanized? Yeah. And parents won't be allowed to do anything to stop the, the, the murder of their children. It's, if, we're, if we don't start to do something, mm -hmm. that's gonna happen. And I don't know, I feel like uh, we've already gone over the cliff. The car hasn't crashed into the ravine at the bottom yet, but it's already over the cliff and it's just in a free fall. That's the way it feels. I don't know how we you know, get the car back up on the ground but, Christ's going to come back. Well, yeah. that would be the answer, right? Yeah. And short of that, behaving as though Christ is actually living in and through his people right. <laughs> would, would go a long way towards that, too. A, a decaying fruit cannot become fresh again. 
It just can't. And we are decaying at a very rapid rate. And the only way to do it is throw it out and have Jesus come back. Yeah. I never thought I'd live to see a, a hot civil war in this country, but I'm beginning to think that that could actually happen if we don't start. No, I, I don't the think people have the backbone to do a civil war. I mean, they, they went lockstep in, put masks on, stayed away from churches. They've done all these things. There's not going to be civil war. There's no backbone. Well, uh, they're I too guess fractured. Take, they're too I'll, fractured. Every... take that negative as a positive, right? No civil war. That's good. We're going to end the faith debate on that positive, weird, positive note. Imran Razvi, Daniel Razvi, thank you guys. I'm Troy Skinner. Find me online at householdoffaithinchrist.com, wfmd.com. Find the Razvis at conqueredbylove.org. Uh, uh, Almost said .com. Dot, dot com. Uh, uh, .org. Not to, I'm getting punchy. Anyway, till next week, 167 and a half, half hours from right now. God bless. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com.